Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast. Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. Well, it's been a eventful offseason, as offseasons tend to be in Bills Nation. I'm Lars. Joining me today, we got the whole crew here at Bird's Nest, the place for the best wings in Chicago. You heard it here first. Cass is with us. Good evening. Great to see you all. It is fun to see everybody. It's, it's good to get the gang back together. We've got so much to talk about. Rounding out the crew live in studio, and it, it, by in studio I mean in the bird's nest, is the president of the Bills backers, Sujit, is here tonight. We back, baby, and we got babies coming. We got so many babies coming. We got a new head coach, which we talked about last time. We got a whole new draft class. We got all new free agents. We got a new GM on the way. Holy shit. No drama at all. No drama. No drama. No drama whatsoever. We got so much to talk about. For, for everyone that says, oh, why can't we just blow the motherfucker up? We seem to blow up half of it every week, every year. And we have. So, uh, you know, your wish has been granted. Bills and Beers is the best way to find us on Twitter and Facebook. It's the best way to stay in touch with the show. Search for Bills and Beers on iTunes if you, and subscribe if you haven't already. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your loved ones, tell everybody in Bills Nation how you found this podcast. And gang, let's not waste any time. Let's get uh, Buffalo Bill Belcher on the line and discuss the final days of one Douglas Whaley. On the line with us now is Buffalo Bill Belcher from Brew City, USA. He's uh, one of the previous members of the In Live Bills and Beers crew, but he's now up in Milwaukee counting down the days till his baby arrives. And Bill, we are uh, looking for a new GM again. Doug Whaley out. Survived yep. the Doug Whaley, or excuse me, survived the Chan Gailey era, the Doug Marone era. And the Rex Ryan era, and uh, didn't make it more than a day into the Sean McDermott era. If we're calling the day after the draft, the first day of the season, where do we begin? Where do we begin unpacking this, breaking this down, and offering a little bit of insight on this uh, that nobody's heard already? Well, here's the thing: is it's quite depressing to look back, and it's. It's almost like we, we, we've been so close to this, this like, team that we don't realize like, how bad it really looks like, from the outside. I mean, this team has been destined to fail for the past 10 years. Okay, so let me, let, um, let me just stop you right there and, and ask, because I think I know what you're getting at. Was Doug Whaley always set up to fail? Oh, yes. He was set, he was, he, well, let's put it this way. He was not set up to succeed. He is... He was thrust into a position that um, really was not thrust. one that he is good, he is good at. He is a he is a pro personnel guy. He is not a GM guy, um, and you know he proved that throughout throughout his tenure. But the thing is, is he was you know he was serving under Buddy Nix, right? And was thrust so he was thrust into a GM position during the twenty the twenty. Hello. You're good. During the, <laughs> you you better 20, stop saying 20, thrust. 2013 to oh you. <laughs> 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 yeah right. 2013-2014 season right. And yeah, you know, so here you go. You got Whaley thrust into position, and uh, thrust Buddy into. Nix, Buddy Buddy Nix resigns. So then you got Russ Brandon. Is running the "quote unquote" business side of the franchise and running and the search, running the search for Doug Marone. Correct, but also involved in the search for Doug Marone is Buddy Nix, Russ Brand. So, it's, so it's Buddy Nix, Russ Brandon, Doug Whaley, and an, an eighty, no, what, a ninety-four-year-old man that's one year away from his deathbed. Correct. So then you've got. So then you you get EJ Manuel gets drafted, and you've got Whaley sort of running things, 
Uh, you've got Russ Brandon sort of running things, both of whom are reporting to an owner who is, again, almost on his deathbed, probably going to sell the team, uncertain. And then you got Doug Marone into the mix. It's just a fucking complete disaster. So, complete disaster. I mean, point so, is, point is in, the first, in the first Doug Whaley era, he was sabotaged by... Who picked by EJ Russ Manuel. Brandon, what, you know, what? and 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 maybe he, he was involved in the EJ Manuel pick, and I think that at, by that point he was at least lead scout, right? So you can't completely say that Buddy Nix is the person that picked EJ Manuel because Buddy Nix signed off on what his no. lead scout said, and especially considering that he knew that his lead scout was going to be his next GM, um, and, and I think that the way that he stuck with EJ is uh, is indicative of the fact that he did think EJ had it, um, and then. You know, yes. wanted to see what he could do, but I agree with you because then when you move on to the next era, then you have uh, him gone, Rex Ryan coming in, and you have Russ Brandon. Oh, 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 you just jumped over a major, major, major chapter in the Doug Whaley saga. Then he goes up in the in the deepest wide receiver draft class in the history of the NFL, gives up the farm to go get Sammy Watkins, who, by the way, I am still convinced is the best receiver from that class. He's just got to keep his ass healthy. Has fights with Doug Marone during training camp in front of the media about how lousy of a quarterback EJ Manuel is, goes out and gets Kyle Orton, then we get Rex Ryan, and it's a, I report to Terry Pagula. I report to Terry Pagula, too. Nobody really reports to Doug Whaley. Doug Whaley's really not in charge of anything. I am completely... Well, and, 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 and then going in there, the reason we got Rex Ryan is because Russ Brandon said, don't leave, let him leave the building. And, and apparently, you know? Doug Whaley wasn't down with a Rex Ryan pick. So, right. Did, so that's did, the thing did that you we pick talk- EJ Manuel? Did you pick Rex Ryan? Like, what, what it, exactly did you do? He never wants to take ownership, right? So the thing is that I don't know. I mean, you know, you, there's definitely the Monday, Monday morning quarterback um, article out there that says that he was, you know, always a scout. He was never really a uh, – uh, he never had a vision. But I think one of the biggest problems with Doug Whaley is that he's a bit of a bro. You know, like, he's a bit of a – I want everyone to like me. I want to be the cool guy. And so when the cool new coach comes in, he wants to, you know, he says he's going to be, you know, uh, collaborative and he's going to do what he wants. And, and, and I think that he's, he's done that. But the problem is when you change coaches every two years, yes. you therefore yes. change that roster every two years. And so you can't look at last year's picks and say he didn't pick someone specifically for Rex Ryan. He built the team in Rex Ryan's vision. The problem is that the two years before that, he built the team in someone else's visions, and two years before that, so he's always wanting to, you know, be collaborative. But at the same time, he's also exceedingly loyal to the players that he likes. And to Bill's point, is never as the GM setting the tone. Enter Sean McDermott, Captain Process, Mister. We're going to be thorough. I want to earn my way to victory. I want to do this. I, I do nine thousand push-ups before four a.m. every fucking day. And is it any surprise? That the bro, apt description Suge, who once emailed pornography to every member of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, was out the door the day after the draft. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, yeah. Now here's the thing, guys: is, is I, I actually, I think it distills down more to a, you know, incomes before incomes Sean McDermott, you know, incomes the Pagulas, because the. You can one hundred percent. I'll say that you, you can't. You can put the Rex Rex Ryan thing on the Pagulas, but they were they were brand new as as owners. But you know you you have to say you have to be proud of the fact that they have they they have actually cleared house. They've they've made a tough decision, tough decisions, and they you know they have a guy that they're putting their their faith in. And now they are officially to, out of as, excuses. No, 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 yeah. no, they're not. As a, and as, as yes, yes, they to, are. As opposed to fifteen years, as opposed to fifteen years of Ralph Wilson, who God bless his heart, soul, whatever, you know, for for the for better or for worse, like Ralph, he kept the team here, but he also put us in a hell of a bind. I mean, from Tom Donahoe to Marv Levy to Russ Brandon as a interim GM to Buddy Nix to. Doug, Doug Whaley. To Doug Whaley and and Russ Brandon combined. It's just that was all a mess. 
And and this is why people finally, want to talk about they want to complete whitewash because with each new regime, there's some fucking turd from the previous correct. regime that that even if they're not bad on their own, they don't allow that new regime to completely have their own vision. So who's who's the turd correct. that's still left? Overdorf, Russ Brandon, uh, Brandon yeah, ain't going Russ anywhere. Brandon. No, no, I know, I know he's not. Yeah. But, but Jim Overdorf probably but, is. But I think that the Pagulas have learned that they cannot trust his decision making in terms of football operations which is something that if you ever actually talked to a Bills fan uh, you, you know we would have we would have told him that a long time ago i think the other yeah. mis- the one mistake and the one thing that people will look at here is the thing that scares the shit out of me which is i have this guy yeah sure great story he works out at four o'clock in the morning doing mma um he's really he's a he's a he's a god-fearing man you're talking about he's, bill yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, we're talking <laughs> about. I'm talking about Sean McDermott, right? We have a guy. He's a God-fearing man. He has a process. <laughs> so and many, so many processes. So, so, so much process. Clearly, nobody that's ever been a defensive coordinator that failed as a head coach had a process before, right? But by saying the he, word process so many times, literally the greatest coach. <laughs> yeah, but what are we doing? I mean, we are giving a guy who's never once been a head coach. The power of a GM right this now? Is, this is where I jump in. This is where I jump in. I, Go I, for I, it. You said that the other day, and I don't disagree with you, but this dude, and again, I'm the one who s- sat here a couple months ago and said I've never been more numb to a head coaching search. I could care. I, I've never cared less than I care this year. That is doubly true for this GM search. I don't give a shit. I just want this team to win football games, and I, we've, we've gone through coaches. I've always convinced myself they're going to be the greatest. I'm not even there yet with Sean McDermott, although it's sneaking back in slowly but surely. However, you're right. He's never been more than a defensive coordinator. The dude has also been in the NFL since for like 20 years. So I hear what you're saying. But, but I think that's the case with a lot of head coaches. But they he's, play because they start off when they're freaking teenagers. Yeah, but he's all, he's always been in successful organizations. He learned under Andy Reid. And look how he assembled his his uh, coaching tree. He brought in all old timers, guys who've been around the block. Like he, he knows what he doesn't know, and that is the, that is a sign of a. Smart yeah, and he person. says that he says that himself. What's interesting, yeah, however, and Andy Reid. Funny enough, Andy Reid also brought in to the Chiefs after Pioli got got fired. Um, so like he was you know coach before GM. That's another uh, a uh, similar. But what's interesting there. about the McDermott... Now, Andy Reid has more experience, but... Obviously, but McDermott's GM choices are the opposite of his assistant coach choices. So we brought in Leslie Frazier and Rick Dennison for the for the coordinators. We interviewed a fucking 32-year-old to be our GM. This Trey Johnson guy out of, out of Philadelphia, or Trey whatever his name it's is. the next Theo Epstein, man. We probably, he might be, but like that is that is in stark contrast to who he brought in to help him coach. So... There's been a lot of speculation lately about You know why that is, though. You because think about he's it? running the show at One Bill's Drive. Right, right, right. Well, not only that, but also if he... Well, one, yeah, when he was hiring his assistants, Doug Willie was still there to be like, are you crazy? No, I don't I don't believe I, that I, for a second. Maybe, no, I, I, don't, I don't believe... I, he this, was definitely making a safer decision. This, this Doug Whaley decision was made months ago, and he... Months ago. Doug Whaley did not have a say, or his fingerprints are off every decision that has been made since January. But do you not think that he still built the board? No. You don't think he built the... Cause no, because we have first-hand accounts that McDermott straight took guys off the took board. Took guys off the... No, I'm saying built the board. Well, you know, that's, like, fu- that's coming fine, into but the McDermott draft. got last say on it. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah, he may that, have no, built it, but there was another one being built behind that or contingency plan. There's, yeah. There was no way. There was another guy in the room who was making calls. Yeah, I, just, I mean, that's a lot of information to process, and so I feel like you do need to have, you know, somebody that kind of built the board. But, I mean, I think the one thing is that with the GM search, it is these young guys. It's these young and up-and-coming guys um, the thing is that good GMs don't necessarily leave. What, okay, so this is know? what I want to get into. What does a GM do? It seems like it's not. It's like there are not thirty-two definitions of a GM, but there sure as shit isn't one either. It seems like organization to organization, GMs do different things. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's there's two different models, right? There's the one. There's the model where you have um, a a president of football operations that's between the GM. Yeah, your czar, if you will, between the GM and the owner um, who oversees both the GM and the coach. Um, then you have the traditional structure where you have the coach who answers to the GM, who answers to the owner, and it's very linear. Um, and then you have shit like we had in Buffalo. Where it was just we, we, and to give ourselves a little credit here, we always, and Bill especially, 
Always raised a bit of an eyebrow to the, hey, it's all just straight lines up to the Pagulas. Yeah, who know like, nothing? Who's holding who accountable The, the here? people that are at the top of that thing know nothing about, you know, running a football team, you know? And, and, and granted, they're glad they bought and, the and team. They, but and they, they, they just, still don't. And they clear. still don't. And they still don't know how to run a hockey team either. But, you know, yeah, that's... Yeah, but all of these but owners... That's their role. Like, dude... Well, yeah, I know, but that's why they shouldn't be at the top of that list, you know? And so I think that at the end of the day, you need either to have a GM that does know how to run a football team, so you need a GM that has that type of power, or you need a GM who's a great scout, knows how to set up a great scouting team, and then you need a coach that has a vision of what he wants to do with the entire football operations, you know? And so that you know, so you underpower the GM, or if nothing else, you make the make sure that the GM, like um, like Seattle, like Pete Carroll has, I can't remember his name, um, but where the GM and the coach are very very collaborative, they have the same vision. That same vision was never shared by Doug Whaley and any no, of his coaches. No, no, didn't get along with this coach, didn't get along with that coach. They disagreed about that player. They didn't agree with this thing. I, I completely hear you. And Bill, yes, I agree. Uh, at least 30 of the 32 NFL owners are completely batshit crazy. I mean, I think yeah. that... Yeah. <laughs> the the one thing that worries me, though, is that what is the story... What are we going to... I mean, who is, what is this GM going to do? If you're letting a baby, essentially, a baby in the head coaching ranks run the show, then when he fails, when this coach fails, they're going to say... Oh well, the GM was never really on board with the way that uh, McDermott was running things. McDermott was a first-time head coach. It's not really the GM, so the GM hey, never hey, got hey, to hey, pick hey, this hey, coach. Save it for 2019, please. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's that's. I already see that happening. Yeah, like, yeah, we all do. We all do. It's been 17 goddamn years. No, no, it's not going to happen. It's going to be amazingness. Wow. I will say that if he picks his best friend, they'll stick through it to the end, and they'll either get canned together or they they will succeed together. I like process. <laughs> you better, because Sean McDermott so, is I'll, Mr. Process. What so the I'll fuck give you is the, this the process? Of- okay, I know about a lot of process. What the? What is this process? Um, we'll we'll process. So, here process. you go, guys. You ready? Uh, yes. You ready for an uh, the official the official source here of ehow.com. <laughs> of what a process that, is? That it. That is ehow.com. Um, a general manager's responsibilities. <laughs> just let, let's just run through this here. Number one, contract. Number two, drafting players. Number three, trades and free agency. Number four, working with the head coach. Yeah, so, I mean, Doug Whaley was awesome at all those except for the last one. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, having and any contracts, type of vision. And number one, actually, contracts, because uh, Marcel Darius right now is ringing this organization dry. Yeah, yeah. What about drafting players? Uh, yeah, I was going to say Sammy Watkins moving up for him. It, he hasn't done. Yeah, do we? Do we <laughs> he wasn't really good at any of. At, at, well, okay, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. So zero, bro. zero Buffalo Bills left from the 2013 draft. Yeah, that wasn't good. Zero. I, I mean, so Sammy Watkins, right? If he's healthy, though, do we all? I mean, the problem is that the the fatal flaw he had was that he thought that the quarterbacks could still be good on this team, you know, and so Sammy Watkins. Maybe he would have been a rock star if he had a healthy quarterback. Um, he will be. And, and I think he, I mean, when he's healthy, but it's really hard to predict if a person's going to have, you know, good health or bad health. When was when was Sammy drafted? 2014? Yeah. Bill, what are you drinking up there in Milwaukee tonight? I drink in a, uh, well, Lars, this was one of the ones I was trying to bring down to you that I forgot. Uh, but it's a uh, dragon flute by Ooh. the guys at Carbon 4. Wow, you always have the most exotic beers, yeah. Bill. Yeah, no, that was the same one. Remember, we had from Carbon Four. We had that uh, uh, Fantasy Factory. Oh yeah, we loved it. We were we were sitting by the river, relaxing, having a brew. Good times, bro. All right. Yes, well, sir. I I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who our next GM is going to be. I just want the Bills to win games. I think we can all agree on that. I mean, it's got to be the guy who's like buddies with. McDermott, right? From the Panthers? Maybe. Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Unless someone... Then that's the fucking argument. When it's not that guy, and he's like, oh, I always wanted him. I just think we don't see... I don't, you, you are so jaded. You're, Billy, we'll be in touch soon. How's Carrie doing? Oh, she's doing well. We've got four weeks. Four weeks to go, baby. It's the final countdown. All right. We are going to get uh, Jim and Jeff Dan on the line here. Bill, we'll talk to you soon. 
Go Bills. Go Bills. Go, Go Bills. Bills. So you thought you could play you some ball. Thought you were talented. But then your team said you just ain't worth it. Yeah, your team said to get the fuck out. Now you are free. Use a free agent. That's right, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah. The Buffalo Bills is a football team comprised of football players who will actually play football games in 2017. So we should at least circle back on who now makes up this roster. So it's time now to talk about the people who are now on our team, the football players that are going to represent the squad in competitive football. And to do so, we have Jam and Jeff Day from Austin, Texas, represented, of course, by Hockey Chips, the best chips on the market. I got my care package today. I'm super excited to go home and eat them, although I'm leaving for Denver tomorrow, Jeff. And I gave Jackie, although she is... Eight months pregnant, I told her, if I come home and there are no pocket chips left in our pantry, there will be hell to pay. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Before Jeff gets started, I think there's a little bone that Sujit and I need to pick with you. Number one, I ain't got no care package. I ain't got no goddamn pocket chips. You nope. know I like some chips. <laughs> no pocket chips, not sharing. And then also, I heard of this, um, this pool, this betting pool that you put together. Yeah, Jeff, why don't you give us a quick refresher and, here? And neglected to include Suge and I. <laughs> oh, man, you guys are – I'm in trouble. I'm in the, I'm in the doghouse today. Um, I do You're in owe, the pocket house. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I owe you guys some chips. Maybe Lars will share. No, Maybe. motherfucker, you work for the company. Go get some goddamn <laughs> chips and send them to us. You should. You know what you should do? You should cater the chips at Lincoln Station one weekend. And also, you should note that if you oh, want... Fuck Je that. All the chips are mine. If you want Jeff to send you anything, you have to send him your address every three or four weeks because he apparently has no system for which addresses can be saved and then referenced later point. Uh, we have a head coach that can help you with that little process. Yeah, a lot of process. We've got to put some process behind that address. That address yeah, I sent, uh, I, I sent Lars a picture of my desk to give him a little bit of indication of my level of organization. It's incredible. So, Joe, Wait, Jeff, real quick before we get into the bills, what, uh, give our listeners a quick refresher here on this numbers game that you're running about babies. Ah, yes. So uh, Lars, as well as a couple of our other friends that hail from Chicago, um, all are expecting their first child within three weeks of each other in June. And so I have took it upon myself to have a little bit of gambling fun with this. And so we are in a, you know, Instead of a three-team teaser, it's a you know three-baby betting game where uh, we're all betting the uh, the due date of each child with the tiebreaker being the weight of the child in the event of the tie. And so Lars and Jackie are one of the three you, couples. You know, Bill's gonna have a little ass kid. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think I had Bill's kid coming out at like five pounds. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. One of I think um, I, I did have to get a laugh, Lars, and I sent it in the uh, in the in the email this morning that everyone except for Lars and Jackie guessed that Lars's kid would be above eight pounds. <laughs> it's, it's a weeborg, baby. <laughs> you know what? They might have a little insider knowledge that you guys do not true. have. I, you know, I didn't. I didn't. You know, monthly weighs. I, I probably have a lot more information than I leveraged. I like. I just sent, sent Jeff an email with some numbers on it. I gave it virtually zero thought, which means I'll probably win. But anyway, um, so yes, that is fun. And then uh, I will sponsor Pocky. Pocky will sponsor a, a chips at Lincoln Station. Hell maybe yeah. Our spicy, maybe our spicy Buffalo Ranch with a little with a little Easter egg nod to uh, Buffalo, New York. That's right. We put that out on Twitter for all the listeners out there. Follow with a hashtag BNBSM. Does blue cheese just not work as a chip flavor? Because every chip that I've ever seen is ranch-based. Yeah, you know, Sujit, as much as we love blue cheese, the nation... Does not love it nearly as Whoa, much as they like. So it was, a, it, was a, it was a numbers decision, huh? You know. Um, so, so yeah, the uh, the the, uh, the buffalo and blue cheese doesn't just doesn't sell as well as the buffalo ranch. So Jeff, we have been through a free agency period, and we've been now through a draft and some undrafted free agents. Some players have gone. Some more are here. 
What do we need to know about this 2017 team? And is there any hope that we will finish with more than seven wins? Well, I was I was thinking about this this free agency period, and one of the things there's been a lot there's been a lot of turnover on the team this offseason. A lot of turnover. A lot. Um, and one of the things that I had to I had to chuckle about a little bit was I was thinking back to the our the past year's worth of podcasts that we had, <laughs> and the and the the recipients of the Jenny Cremel Bummer of today's contest. And and just in general, the players that receive the most amount of, you know, frustration by us and and the ones that we like the least. And literally, I think without question, the three players who we probably complained about most, perhaps in order, Stefan Gilmore, Dan Carpenter and Marquise Goodwin. Wow are no longer members of the Buffalo Bills. I didn't even Replace. consider Marquise Goodwin. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 like, <laughs> Tell me not the person we complained about the most, but it's the person you hated the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Marquise Goodwin, he's not going to make his way high up on the list of, you know, notable uh, departures. Um, <laughs> but it, but in, in the in, honestly, you know, it's funny, and those three have obviously sort of been replaced on the roster by Tredarius White, um, Matt Hauschka, and, uh, you know, and... and um, uh, Zay Jones, uh, you know, who's really, of course, replacing Robert Woods. But, right. Um, yeah, but Colby Lissenby. Colby Lissenby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, listen the only, Yeah. The only the only player, you know, and, and our friend Cassie here, of course, maybe still yeah. lamenting, but the the only player that earned a lot of Jenny Cremel bu- uh, bummers from Cassie, of course, is Jerry Hughes. But yeah. And, re- and and he remains, but um, but certainly, I think maybe in a better defensive scheme. He's going to have a what monster he does well. year. And then the only and the other thing I was going to say was, and then I think about the fifth player who probably received the most amount of Jenny Cremail votes, Tyrod Taylor. Mm. And while he's still on the team, which I think is the right decision, he is on the team under a restructured contract, right. which I think is the right decision. And so I thought it was just it was a li- it was honestly a bit of relief when I was thinking to that. And I said, "Wow, we guys, we get it right. We really do." Oh boy! You know? Oh boy! I mean, oh Jesus! Stop oh God! These, you stop these, it, Jeff! You stop it right five, now. These five players. Wait, wait, wait. you mean we get it right as in Bills and Beers, or you mean that the Bills get it no, right? No, sorry, I meant I meant Bills and Beers. Oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah, 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 of course on, we do. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, sorry, I meant Bills and Beers. Yeah, the we. I, you're right. I use it in both cases. But I just thought I just thought it was honestly pretty interesting that, without a doubt, the five players, barring Jerry Hughes, that we've complained about the most were most maligned by us on the podcast are either no longer with the bills or under were with the bills under under a renegotiated contract and I'll add a 6 to that oh. which to some extent is Sammy Watkins Interesting. who oh, yeah. we you know who we all like when he's available but we talk about it all the time you're only as good as you are available That's right and yet another player who we decided not to you know pick up the fifth year option at least right now So Jeff let's um, hold on hold on I'm going to stop you right there there's a lot of people out there who are like we're apoplectic about that decision. Did like did you second guess it for a second? Oh, not for a second. No, not for a second. Because you think, know what it actually means. Yeah, I think that's right. It, I mean, it, it does not mean that Sammy Watkins is not going to be a bill going forward. It means that we are going to you know not pay him thirteen million dollars in 2018. Right, to, and to potentially be injured and whatnot. And, and also now let's make them earn it, right? Like stay on the field, earn your paycheck. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's one of two things. Either he's great and then he gets a six-year contract with a $20 million signing bonus that he gets right away, but we get to spread out over, you know, six years. Or he's just can't stay healthy and then he leaves. And, and that's that. And that's it, right? Yeah. And, and then that's the right decision. And yeah, it, just, we get, it right. never made sense to pay a person a one-year, thirteen million dollar contract. No, he's missed what thirteen of the last thirty-two games. I mean, makes no sense. And and the games he did play, I mean, when was he ever a hundred percent? Right. That's, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it is though. It is interesting when he has been healthy and he and Tyrod have been on the field together. Those have been Tyrod's best games. No doubt oh, about absolutely. it. And that's, I already said it on this podcast, and I which still, I don't understand at all. I understand I'm sorry, because guys, I, I do not understand I, it. When you see Charles Clay running free over the middle of the fucking field, and <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. He was like, "Why can he throw it to Sammy when he's wide open, but he can't throw it to other people when he's wide open?" Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know either, but I stand by my 
my claim. Yes, 2014 was the deepest draft class for wide receivers, blah, blah, blah. I still think that we got the best one. And, Jeff, I agree with you. You're only as good as you are when you're healthy. But I think that Sammy Watkins is the best of that bunch. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, hopefully hopefully he stays healthy this year and that'll be fun. And so I think, you know, so so I think one thing that I said I noticed was, okay, it feels like we let go a lot of players that that were the right choices to let go. And then on the flip side of that, there are, of course, players that I think we're sad to see go. Oh. Um, and, you know, not necessarily gilly, for the gilly. wrong reasons. But, yeah, our boy TD Mike, yep. Mike Gillisley, right, particularly under the uh, – because of who he went to and the Patriots. Um, you know, that was certainly – that's certainly a loss, right? Um, but I think, you know, we did the right thing in terms of, you know, we had him valued at, at X dollars, and that's what he was worth to the team. And, you know, the Patriots are making him the 22nd highest paid running back in the league. Wow. And, you know, and for us to carry – I don't think that's for us crazy. To carry, you know, I, for I, I us don't... to carry Mc- – you know, two, for us to carry two of the top 22 highest-paid running backs in the league is just not smart. That, that makes um, sense. Correct. And also, Suge, he's, I don't even think he's their starter. So, no, I agree. Maybe, But if you go to a team that needs a running back, I think they've got like four running backs right now back there, and he's not their feature back. So to be the 22nd highest-paid when, by the way, as you famously said on this podcast, when he has been a feature back, it ain't been that pretty. No, I said the opposite. You're the one who said that. You bastard. <laughs> Dude, we, <laughs> we got, we remember, I was sitting right there and we week were at the bar. 17. Uh, we were at the bar that I thought we were supposed to be at today. And he, when he, when LaShawn McCoy went down or was injured, they brought LaShawn McCoy's hobbled ass in rather than letting Gillisley just run the show. The following week, LaShawn was completely shut down, and it was against the Patriots, and he averaged seven yards a carry. Oh, good for him. In a game that we were consistently down by three scores. Yes, but okay, I don't think so he ran badly when so he was a featured back. Let's take the rushing stats from that game as if they mean Jack. Fine, shit. then look at all the other rushing stats that he had, and he had a yeah, really we'll good look, year. We'll look at the game where he was the featured back in Week 17 in 2015 in a close game when he rushed for like 19 carries for 32 yards. Wait, Week 7? When was we? Which it was against the Jets, and we spoiled their chances to go to the playoffs. All Mike Gillespie did was run into the back of the offensive line for four quarters. He couldn't do shit. <laughs> that was that was before that was last year. That wasn't in, in, in the current system. Cass, look it up. That wasn't in Roman system. <laughs> the hell it wasn't. All I know All is right, that fine. this will this will mark two this will mark two consecutive years of of just strange backup running back sort of behavior for the Bills, right? The Bills are Carlos the bastion Williams. for running backs. You have Joyke <laughs> Bell coming out of this bitch. You have yeah. Travis Henry coming out of this bitch. Like every second string running and Fred. Jackson, everybody tried to make him a second string multiple times, which is why he was so freaking good. He's a second truth. string running back in on the Buffalo Bills is always the best running back. I mean, not granted, not with LaShawn. Carlos not Williams. With yeah, Carlos, Carlos Williams. Williams. Yeah, I mean, Carlos Williams was such a dick. He probably would be playing somewhere. Um, but <laughs> it's amazing how many good second string running backs we have, which is why everyone's like, oh, Eric Studeville, like, oh, we let him go. He should have, like, right now with the running backs coach. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's something in the water when it comes to running backs <laughs> in the Buffalo Bills because the number that we have had that have been capable of being a starter in the NFL has been obscene. And so, and, and we've so had just, people that were better than him the whole time. It is amazing, and I, I was Shit. just gonna, I was just gonna I was gonna keep going on a couple of the other players. Please, I yeah. Were sad to see go, you know. So TD Mike, uh, but for the right reasons, and I and I think it was the right decision to let him go with what the Patriots offered him. The second, of course, is. Um, you know Aaron Williams. Oh yeah. Um, you know who again? I mean, again, for all the right reasons, right? And, and honestly, the guy I, I I hope just stays healthy and can move on to something else in his career. Certainly was a was the heartbeat of the Bills secondary for a number of years. We all wish him the best um, going forward, but he'll be missed. Yeah. And so then, this and is then this throw- is what I think is the problem with the Bills <laughs> and Bills fans. <laughs> you know what? If you guys want to fucking win, stop being so goddamn soft-hearted. He, we should have cut his Who ass two years to? ago. I'm talking to Jeff. I'm talking to everyone else. We should have cut his ass two years ago. Now, did I say that last year? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm totally playing like, you know, whatever, revisionist history here. But 
this is the problem is that we're like, oh, he's so nice. He was such a good player when he was healthy. Yeah, that motherfucker hasn't been healthy in a long time. He keeps getting injured and his neck keeps breaking. Okay, like, that's not some shit that you just let a person come back from. We should just cut our goddamn losses and gotten a good safety at some point in the previous round. So then now we're not like, oh, shit, Stephon Gilmore left. Aaron Williams left. Bikel Roby left. Everyone from our fucking secondary left. And we ain't got nobody to play. And we just hired a coach. Who sucked? Whose defense sucked ass because a good defensive back left. I mean, that's what happened last year. Suge has a really rosy outlook for 2017. So, so can I just interrupt? Please. I'm, I'm actually glad Aaron Williams is gone because remember the guy who almost got paralyzed in the uh, in the game, right? So we we almost had a, a guy die on the field. Oh, Kevin. Um, Kevin. Uh, yeah. No. 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 Kevin Everett. Not, yeah, Kevin Everett. So we almost had a guy basically get paralyzed and die. That I'm, shit was, yeah, ten, it was 10 years ago. I was at that game. Um, but it's really nice that Aaron Williams is gone because he won't die on the field. That is know? nice. <laughs> this thanks, is like, thanks for putting you, it in perspective, You want that, that rosy, like, the positivity? <laughs> that's stage. good. Yeah, that's we nice. Have, we have discussed the possibility of somebody dying on we the are field, le- right? We are less likely to have a fatality in 2017 yeah. with Aaron Williams. I still want to fuck up that and Dolphins Mar- guy. What was that guy's name? Jamar- <laughs> Jarvis Landry? Is that the guy's name? That hit yeah, Aaron yeah. Williams all like a fucking bitch. Yeah, but I wish was, I could find with, you, with Marquise Goodwin gone, we're just less likely to have a guy lose a limb. <laughs> right, right. So who else? Uh, who else? We sad to see go. And then sad to see go. Um, I know a little bit more, maybe of a controversial um, uh, player in terms of in terms of his production, but Robert Woods. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and yeah. so I think um, I think you know Robert Woods really you know had a good year last year, all things considered, right? It was a tenacious blocker on the outside, sprung a lot of those LaShawn songs. We are going to miss that. I promise you, we are going to miss his blocking. Wait, we're going to miss him not being the least clutch player ever known to the Buffalo Bills? Like, hey, we need a big catch here. Up, yep, nope. Through his hands. Like, oh, he dropped it. Oh, he fumbled it. Did you guys watch the same season I watched? So, I mean, okay, so I think that he has... He's had several points where he's been several games where he's been a, had some clutch third down conversions. I think he's a possession receiver and I think that he played that out. Now, he can't he can't be the number 1 receiver. No, but hold on. Him fumbling. Yeah, yeah he's the Mike Gillisley if he right. can't be a, a featured receiver. Yeah. He uh, look, <laughs> but so but he went to the Rams. Mm-hmm. Does, so he he was more interested in getting money and going home. He did not have any interest in going to win or get stats. After or have you a career. played with nothing but heart for the Buffalo Bills for this long, what would you want to do? <laughs> I, that's a great point. You know, I, I, I didn't think of it in those terms, but I mean, he went to play for the Rams. Yeah, the that motherfucker just wants some money. Yeah, and he's like, he fuck wanted to this, go back to football. Southern California and get paid. That yeah, and. It. Right, he hang with his bitch. Okay, so I mean his, his friends. Um, but imagine him playing with like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what what would Aaron Rodgers do with him and Jordy Nelson? I mean, he'd be great, but you know the Packers probably didn't offer his, and it's fucking Green Bay. It's not L.A. Right. I mean, here's the thing. I think that you know the person that's going to be the saddest is LaShawn McCoy because I think that a reason that LaShawn McCoy sprung twenty yard runs rather than you know seven yard runs is because of Robert Woods because that's where that critical block happens. You know, he takes out a critical person that's in the secondary uh, that gives a lane for LaShawn to get to that next level. No arguments here. You know, and so I think that, I mean, he was he was always a team player, man. You can't you can't complain. He, he'd run over the middle. He'd get his head knocked off. You know, he, he did. was just a, he used to oh, my God, I'm literally shots. doing what I said we shouldn't do yeah. last, last player. Yeah, but, I mean, E.J. Manuel almost got Robert Woods killed on multiple <laughs> occasions. Yeah. That's, I mean, straight killed. I'm thinking back to the... Chicago game. Another death that won't happen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Cass. All right, Jeff, what else you got? Yeah, and I would say a couple other things. I mean, one, is there is there any more logical place for E.J. Manuel to have ended up than the Raiders? No. Um, that feels right. The um, the other outstanding question we have, of course, is... How did you guys feel when E.J. left? Signed? I, I felt nothing. I, I, I just felt like... Did you, like, you didn't watch the Week 17 games. So. No, no, no. I, I, I watched a bit of it, but... And no, I know it was like it was time to go, and it was just like it was you're horrible, and but it was just like it was more just a generalized embarrassment about the Bills that like fuck we actually tried to make you so, our franchise quarterback like 
No, and, and it was and it was like I love you. You're such a nice man, but you were such a bad football player. And 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 we tried. It was just like a generalized sense of embarrassment that we're like, I can't believe we tried to make you a quarterback. Two, I can't believe someone's hiring you. Three, like you you. But you're so nice that I would never say any of this to your face. I would probably try and buy you a beer. Like it's just like this like rash of emotion. But I have a I have a confession. When when they did the post draft. Fly you in on the private jet on Saturday afternoon. I remember Friday afternoon back. Yeah, Friday. It was prime time. Uh, so Friday, that Friday afternoon, take him to One Bills Drive and the receptionist. Oh, oh and he said, "You must he, be our new quarterback." And got up and gave him a hug. As soon as I saw that, I thought, "This ain't gonna end well." Oh this, no! This ain't going well. Because oh, no. he's too nice. This is, this is a public. Re- this is this is a public relations just nightmare it, it, all it is all it is is good vibes and this guy is going to suck this is going to he's going to flame out and it's going to be bad you're right cuz there's never going to be a talented as, player as that does as, that as you're soon right. as she got up behind the desk and was like this is going one of two need ways a, you need a fucking jim he's, kelly that just absolutely yep. refuses to come to the team he's either and goes be, and plays in another fucking league when she to got avoid up coming to the to team hug him, it was either you're going to be a bills legend or you are going to crash and burn so hard and yeah yeah how um, billsy is it how billsy is it that are like our Hall of Fame quarterback that everyone now just points to and is like, this is the person that our dreams... Had no interest in Buffalo. Hated Buffalo. Literally played in a different... That's like, I hate Trump so much that I'm going to go live in Canada. Okay? Like, that is some crazy shit. Right? I mean, even, even Lars hasn't done that shit. No. Okay? <laughs> and so... But yet... <laughs> he's just that person. Lars, you should go play... You should go play for the Buffalo Bills. All right, Jeff, what hey, else you got? There's, there's I, one, there's I, I like that Jeff it. clearly has notes in front of him right now, yeah. so I want Jeff to get all the way through his notes before we... I, know, yeah, I, I, I keep derailing the shit out of you. No, you know what's funny? You know what's, I actually, I Shockingly, I don't. I'm actually just sort of... Oh, I'm going off the cuff here, but... Um, so the other, the, the other swap that we haven't talked about that I'm actually very, very excited for is the Micah Hyde... Yes. ...replacing... Corey fucking um, Graham. Corey Graham. And I could not be more excited for that swap. So you you how did you go through the 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 podium of Jenny Cremel recipients and not mention Corey Graham? Uh, you know, I, I literally forgot. And that's why I'm that's one of the reasons I'm bringing it back up now. Here's the thing. He's he's the other guy that I missed. Yeah. Lars hated Corey Graham hated him and so Cassie much. hated Jerry Hughes. But all the other people you mentioned everybody hated. Everybody hated. We, so, you know, you're right. I mean, but Corey Graham, God, I, I just cannot. I was so tired of w- waiting for him to be, you know, a step and a half behind the long ball. Yep. Every and, time. Um, and so, you know, Micah Hyde, by all accounts, is a solid football player and a very solid leader as well, um, which has been, you know, as you guys may have already discussed, clearly a, uh, you know, a tenant of. The process. Of the process. Dun, dun, dun. You know, the process. You know what? We gotta have a so. fucking sound bite. That is the process. <laughs> the process. And I need to press a button on a regular basis. That's like the process. We're going through <laughs> the the process. It's so, gonna G, be. Are a, you approaching this season with a sort of guilty until proven innocent attitude? Is that what I'm <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it, Jeff. Wait, what happened? I said. I said, Sujit, are you approaching Sean McDermott's... No, because you know, fuck that, motherfucker, okay? You better show me something before you become GM so yes, that's president ex- that's of exactly, football That's exactly operation. what Jeff just said. I mean, just, that's exactly what Jeff just asked you, you. This... I don't understand. He hasn't even been a coach. We gave him all the keys. We gave him the trunk key. We gave him the valet key. We gave him every key that we had to our car. And it's a new car. I mean, it's not a new car, but it's a nice car. Paid $1.4 billion for that car. So, Jeff, real quick, you mentioned him briefly. Matt Hauschka, Dan Carpenter Redux. I mean, if if we recall, 2013 was a money year for Dan Carpenter. And I'm not – did Hauschka get – did they cut him because of, like, contract issues? But he seems to be, like – if you're going to go out and get a kicker, like, it's, you, you can do a lot worse than Matt Hauschka. But didn't he miss all of his extra points last no, year? No, they were blocked. But that's missing him. Yeah. He's a kicker. Like he missed a bunch know. of extra points, and that's the reason why we hated Dan Carpenter. No, they were blocked. The guys were like blowing up their line and blocking them. Yeah, but other than other than a, the fact a, that Matt Hauschka went to Middlebury University, up. I don't know anything about. He went to Middlebury. <laughs> he went to Middlebury. He's actually we have some mutual friends uh, along with you, Lars. So yeah, he's um. Who who do we know that so, knows Matt Hauschka? 
So uh, a couple people, Blake Coleman. Okay. Um, you know, and then uh, Kristen Nielsen. What is well. happening right now? I know y'all are <laughs> not talking about your Sorry. college buddies. Sorry. What is wrong Sorry. with y'all? Sorry. It's like, oh, you, you know Darnell. Darnell said he know that motherfucker too. <laughs> no, we, we went to Bucknell, so we know the kickers that went to Middlebury. That's we don't we yeah. don't know. We did not go to college with people named Darnell. <laughs> Touché, touché. You, you racist motherfucker! <laughs> I just ca- I call him. Darnell like is a, definitely a pan race name. Yeah. Okay, D- you could Dar- be, Darnell you O'Connor. Could, right? You, you, I know you did. <laughs> uh, so the, anyway, that's what I got. That's what I got, fellas, on the ins and outs. Always bringing it, Jeff. Like always, you drink anything tonight? Nah, we, I'm not drinking anything tonight. I apologize. it's only it's Monday. You know, busy week ahead. So I'm actually going to see uh, Matt and Joey this week, probably. Speaking of college buddies. Oh, all right, give him a hug for me, will you? I shall. I'll be in Denver starting tomorrow. You're disappointed to me. All Terrific. right, Jeff. Well, we'll be in touch. We're actually uh, we'll we'll go through it here later, but we got some other shows lined up here in the off season. Always love your input and looking forward to seeing you here in July. Speaking all of looking right, forward, guys, wait. What's your number I'll one thing you're looking forward to in, this year? In Jeff. July, Sujit and Cassie. Hopefully, I'll be able to see you guys that weekend. Jeff, somehow I fucked up this rig because you clearly cannot hear me talking when I'm when you're talking. But oh, my sorry, question you for say? you is. Speaking of looking ahead, what's the number one thing you're looking forward to this coming year with the regards to the Bills? The process. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, yeah I love it. Yes. <laughs> I, I love it. All right, baby. Go Bills. <laughs> All right, guys. Go, go Bills. Bills. Well, we're coming up at the end of the episode, which means it's the wild card portion of today's episode. It's the wild card. And we've had a lot of fun today. It's been a nice episode. We've been away for a while. We've got some more episodes lined up. We've got some interview podcasts coming up during the offseason, probably during training camp. Going to get on a former Buffalo Bill who's now a bit of a media magnet himself. That's a little bit of a teaser for you. We tried to get Chris Trapasso on last year's draft. We've since fixed our rig. We'll be able to get him on and some others. So stay tuned. We're going to do some inter-Bills podcasts with our good buddies over at uh, the Rock Pile Report, who are real excited to talk to you, Cassie. Hey. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of fun, so stay tuned. Uh, subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. Uh, this is Bills and Beers. We talk primarily about the Buffalo Bills, but we do so drinking beer. And tonight I went with the old Chicago standby, the Revolution Anti-Hero. And one more quick plug here for the Bird's Nest. By far the best wings in Chicago. Cass, what have you been drinking tonight? Uh, you know, I'm a female. I like a little bit of a lighter beer. So a Boulevard, the American Kolsch. It's a golden ale. Quite delicious. You went so far earlier as to say it may be your new favorite beer. It may be my new favorite beer. Yeah, it's it's a drinkable beer. Good for you. And uh, Suge? Yeah, I kept it all Midwest. Uh, so I started off with the Three Floyds Gumball Head, a kind of malty ale. Uh, delicious. And uh, moved over back to Chicago to the Revolution IPA. Uh, sorry, the Revolution Anti-Hero, which is their, their flagship IPA. So we're going to keep it simple. Uh, we've already kind of touched on it a little bit. Boy, oh, there's going to be a... And, and there were a last year, too, by the way, a lot of jerseys we didn't recognize, names we didn't know. Lorenzo Alexander came out of nowhere. Um, he's probably going to play a pretty important role in this year's team, but there are a lot of fresh new faces at One Bill's Drive from the front office through the coaching staff all the way down through the player ranks. So we have a lot to look forward to or potentially not look forward to. And I can already hear you getting too positive. And because well, this that's is the, the wild that, that's card. That's the point here. So we're going to th- Because this is the wild card. I want to know who is the player who you either never heard of or don't know anything about that is going to piss you the fuck off. Oh wow, we're going that direction. Yeah, we're going that. Because you're just, I mean, we're sitting here, we're positive. I don't care. I've All right, been negative so I'm the whole a, time. I, then I'll go first. I'm going to drop one on you because nobody wants to hear this. Reggie Ragland is going to be a disappointment. He's going to be slow, trailing plays, misdiagnosing plays, missing tackles, whiffing, dropping interceptions, never going to be where he's supposed to be. And it's just going to be one long embarrassment after another and we're going to be looking for a middle linebacker come next year i say all this knowing that the opposite is probably going to happen oh you're taking my my approach so so mine is actually pretty easy and you guys heard me complain about it last year uh, it'd be jerry hughes oh come on again. come on dude he's got to prove it um but my nice but say, you can't lose your shit every time he gets a penalty because he's going to get a penalty then stop sh- hey process <laughs> Process. 
Crunch. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, you know what I am really excited about? Going back through, you know, some familiar or familiar names, but new faces. Um, we've got another looker on oh. our team. Um, Jordan Poyer. The uh, free safety. He's got the light oh, eyes, doesn't yeah. he? You, oh, like, yeah. you like the light eyes. Yeah, we were talking about David Nelson David earlier. Nelson? Yeah. He's kind of a, a replacement to David Nelson. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to someone at least being a little easy on the eyes. Well, except for you guys. And then when my husband comes and watches the game. He's by far the most handsome person yes. in the bar. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say that <laughs> Jeff Day, much to your chagrin, Colby, listen to his ass. is going to literally die on the fucking field. Okay? <laughs> Much to sh- Cassie's chagrin. And to Cassie's chagrin. We're all going to be like, oh, he's just like he's just like Marquise Goodwin, but he's not a little bitch. Turns out he came in here injured. He's going to leave here dead. Okay? <laughs> That's what's going to happen. It's going out of body bag. going to happen. And, I mean, I don't know who's going to play backup. It's probably going to be Cardell that comes in there and Cardell he's going to throw some shit. Oh, yeah, oh. he's going to throw because when Tyrod gets injured, and then uh, he's going to throw something, and Listen B is going to actually not be as jaded as Marquise Goodwin was, and rather than duck and cover, he's actually going to try and catch it. And then some doll, Jarvis Landry, or probably Stephon is going to try and kill him. Oh my God, it's going to be Stephon Gilmore. Is it's one time that Stephon Gilmore actually tries to take a hit. One time Stephon Gilmore successfully tackles somebody. Right, and he's going to kill him, and and, and it's just going to be really sad that another Bills player, the Bills, and it's going to be on our heads. Just to know that because we have been the ones predicting a death at Ralph Wilson Stadium or New Era Field this entire time. Suji, when this happens, you're going to feel yeah, really, gonna feel really bad. You're going to feel terrible. I know, but I'm saying it's only a matter of time. What else could happen to the Bills? That's true. What else Don't could happen to the Bills? Never say never. Why, why would you even bring that up? I mean, we could have someone like fall down from our upper deck, but that guy survived. That's, that's already, that already happened. happened. Yeah, and he, he lost his job. He lost his job. Was he working in like a warehouse or something? Like <laughs> no, he's in like marketing, I oh, swear. Or oh, good for him. Uh, Bill- he was going to lose his job anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Bills and Beers is the best way to find us on iTunes. Just uh, search Bills and Beers. Subscribe if you haven't already. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your loved ones, tell everyone you know in Bills Nation how you found us. Bills and Beers on Twitter is the best way to stay in touch. Use that hashtag BNBSM. We've got some uh, social media listeners of the week from last year. If you're out I there. I know. i got to get you your shirts. You haven't mailed I know. them yet, I, The ones in the UK. I'm actually going to be in the UK, so I like feel like maybe I should just personally deliver them. up with these people. Oh, for God. All right, it's good. I hope you heard that because I'm the one who has to answer you guys on social media. Yeah, you can direct and, them to and me. And not throw Cassie under the bus. I'm glad she did it by herself. Yep, yep. Uh, but we, we'll be doing that again this year. Use that hashtag. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Uh, and until next time, uh, go Bills, I guess. Let's, just, let's, let's, let's win some games. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. The Bills make me want to shout.